medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for personal care. If you have or you suspect you might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of this radio show or their sponsors. Robin Pop. Jeremy has 20 years experience as a certified certified sports therapist helping people with pain management and nutrition and he owns and operates Total Fit and Rehab in Century City, California. Glad you're here, Jeremy. Thanks, Robin. Glad to be here. We've got a fantastic show today. We're going to talk about a lot of wonderful things. We're going to talk about stretching and some exercises. We've got a fun recipe that we're going to talk about that's going to help people with their sleep, so I'm excited about that. But best of all, we've welcomed back Clarissa Hughes. Clarissa, are you there? I am. Hi, Robin. Hi, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on your show. You are so welcome. You're welcome. Glad to have you back on the show. Last week, we uh, we did a couple segments together, and it was really great and fun. And I wanted to bring you back on the show because I think we've got some really interesting things to talk about. One, I wanted to chat with you about how you engage your clients in movements and exercise and stretches. What are some of your techniques that you engage your clients with when you're dealing with... Yeah. That's a really great question, Jeremy. I mean, I think movement is a huge part of your whole mental well-being. And we know that it's good for our minds. And when we're not feeling great, we're feeling a bit stressed and anxious, then movement is the most perfect way to get ourselves back into the present moment and out of our thoughts. I agree. I definitely agree. Now, yes, tell me. So you and I spoke a little bit about things that you do and things that you do in your practice when it comes to exercise and movement. And I know that one of the things that you go through and that you're a professional in in, is yin yoga. Yep, that's absolutely right. I mean, yin yoga is very um, gentle yoga. It's quite different from the things you see down at the gym where people get really physical It's a much more passive form of yoga. But the great thing about it is that, you know, you don't need to be super physical to have the benefits of yoga. By holding poses and breathing with your movement, it can be just as beneficial, if actually not better for you, than trying to get into a pose and hold it when you really don't know what you're doing. Right. So how do you guide your clients to having them understand because there's such a misconception of exercise and movements. There's such a misconception of what yoga is. You know, people are so used to hearing what yoga is, you know, Robin, in, in my past and in my experience with people that have taught me yoga and I've gone to yoga classes, you know, everything is held for this long period of time. And, you know, I've got some injuries from the past and that doesn't work well for me. Mm-hmm. And so how do yeah. you explain mm-hmm. and maneuver your clients into feeling comfortable that, gosh, this is not the way that we do things? No, and I think that that is the challenge because people have a lot of um, misconceptions, as you say, and they're busy comparing themselves to everybody else in the room. And that's part of what I work with and say, hey, guys, you do not need to be able to stand on your head or or be able to get into these really awkward poses. I mean, that's very advanced. So we work within our own boundaries. It's about listening to, to, to your body. <laughs> I want to learn how to stand on my head. Uh, it's not that hard, actually. It, there's a lot of technique in it. 
and I and I still do it against a wall. So you know what? If your listeners are hearing this. There's lots of way to cheat to do that and still believe that you're really standing on your head. <laughs> I, I think Robin. I think uh, I think we're the three of us are going to have to like FaceTime one of these days, and you're going to have to teach us how to uh, stand on our heads. That would be cool. That would be very cool. Uh, I think that's, once you know how to do it, you never forget how to do it. All right, that's cool. That's cool. So. Yep. <clears throat> Tell me a little bit more, you know, also we spoke about, and I really like this, and I've done this before, um, is Qigong. I had a friend uh, of the family that lived in Israel, and he was huge on Qigong. In fact, he taught it back in Israel and was one of the founders in that community of teaching. And it was a really interesting, very spiritual moment for me. And I think that that's really the background of Qigong, is that it's a spiritual thing. And tell me a little bit about what your thoughts and perceptions of and how you go through this with your clients. And how did you, how did you get involved in, in Qigong? What made you interested in following through with this? Well, I started to get into Qigong actually a long time ago before it was cool. You know, something to do with my age. About 30 years uh, yeah. ago, I was, intro- yeah, I was introduced to Qigong. 30 years when ago? I was, yeah, when I was living in the UK, um, I actually started to do some, some Qigong and thought, wow, I feel the energy. You know, it's a real energy thing. You're really moving and you feel the chi in your body. And it's very calming and yet very energizing. And then it kind of came and went out of my life as things do. But um, I've had a lot of acupuncture treatment and a lot of acupuncturists are Qigong teachers as well. And I got back into it that way to really help complement the acupuncture therapy I was having. Hmm. And why did you have the acupuncture? What was going on for you? I actually had a fall and I smashed up my whole shoulder and I couldn't get it right with a physio. Yeah, this is what happens when you go out in a pair of too high boots and you slip (laughs) and then you fall on your shoulder. And not those boots are in the bin now, but um, I uh, had all that physio and it was getting a bit better, but I actually had acupuncture and it got rid of the um, bursitis that I had there and it made my shoulder really strong again. Yeah, that's great. Well, that that's says great. a lot about fashion. Yeah, right. Sometimes fashion you, you, is dangerous. Fashion is dangerous. <laughs> Who else wear high? Do you have high boots as well, Robin? Oh, no. We do not wear high heels. <laughs> no. And a, a little, you know, comment about yoga. Um, I'm really glad to hear the fact that I don't have to do these these really uncomfortable poses. Every time I've tried yoga... I feel like a failure because I can't do what they're doing on YouTube or, you know, in a class. And uh, it's frustrating. It's, you know, I, you know, it's, it's nice to hear there's alternatives where I don't have to do the, the weird stuff. Oh, totally. And I think the great thing about yoga is you just can work within the boundaries of your body, ignore everybody else that's in the room. And you can even use props. You can use blocks and bands and bolsters and chairs. I've got lots of people who, you know, they can't bend forward and touch their toes. So they just bend forward and lean on a chair and put their head on a block. I mean, it's still doing them just as good. And it's their body boundaries we're working with. So we're not stretching it. And it's and the teacher, the best teachers I've ever had, never demonstrate. They walk around and support you uh, at the best they can, rather than sort of yeah. doing the yoga themselves and looking all you know beautiful and perfect. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's what I want. Actually, you you brought up something that I want to talk about. But Robin, are we getting close? I think it's time. Uh, uh, what do you think? Okay. Do we have to break for a commercial. Oh, uh, we got about two minutes. We have two minutes. I love it. All right. So, Clarissa, you know, I think that the interesting factors of getting people to engage, and I think one of the toughest things is getting in touch with your body. You know, Qigong is such a, an emotional sort of spiritual thing. How does someone get to that place? I know it wasn't easy for me, and I'm a pretty in-tune guy with his body, 
and it was a challenge. Yeah, and I think Qigong is quite hard to do. I think find a good teacher uh, and just start really slowly with the simplest of movements. Um, that way you can really just do a few, feel the effects, and then and then take it a lot further. You don't need to you know, be a, with a master. You know, Sometimes finding someone that's a good student teacher who can help you get right. started is a great way to go. Right. And I know in my practice, um, and I don't know if I've shared this with you, Robin, but I'm very much interactive with my clients. So there's sometimes that whether it's a half-hour session or it's an hour session, I will actually change my clothes and I will do the routine with my clients. Mm -hmm. I actually had a client, uh, a female client, and she absolutely loved um, maybe once a week, and I would see her three times a week, that I would join her and we would go through these movements and exercises together. And it was fantastic. It was a great challenge. And they loved the partnership. Mm -hmm. Yes, working mm -hmm. with someone at the same time, it, you forget you're exercising because you're having fun. Absolutely. And that's really what it's about is I think that there's a lot of people out there, um, whether it's going through – exercises like yoga and movements or like qigong that it's more of a job and it shouldn't be this should be something that's enjoyable there's no time limit to it and you know clarissa do you have specific time frames that you work with your clients are they half hour 45 minute hour sessions that you're with them when we do when we do movement stuff we probably only do 20 minutes half an hour max and that's enough for people um, right. If they're not, particularly if they've got some pain problems, really 20 minutes, and we have lots of little sort of segments within that, so they do the different exercises for just long enough to feel a positive benefit, and then right. kind of move on to something else, rather than pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Right. I'm going right. to have to break in. We are going to go for a break right now. We um, are. And, yeah, sorry to... To do that, we get Sorry. on a roll, don't we? <laughs> we do. This is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman and our special guest today, Clarissa Hughes, and we'll be right back. had a great conversation so far with Clarissa Hughes. She's in Sweden, and she's an expert on stress management. And uh, Jeremy and I have been uh, learning a lot about stretching and um, yoga that's not impossible. Right. So we'd love to it's hear not more. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know, Clarissa, I wanted to ask you and talk to you on this segment. Um, what would you say are... You know, give our listeners a couple, two or three movements or exercises. What would you suggest that they could go through? And I know that's a tough question, but what would you suggest that would be fun and exciting and engaging for our listeners to practice at home? To practice at home, I think doing some very, very simple yoga moves at home are quite easy to do. You can do a lot of them seated or lying down. Um, you know, you can sit and you can do some things where you kind of bend your leg up. It's a bit hard to demonstrate this on radio. Uh, you know, yeah, you're just doing it right now? Gentle. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. There you go. <laughs> I'm sitting on my mat and I'm doing this. No, not really. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you actually sit down, you can do things where you can just like gently bend your legs and you can do very, very gentle twists. Okay. The other thing to do is to sit on a chair and kind of um, sit to the side 
and then you can gently twist yourself around. Those sorts of exercises are really easy to do and you never go further than your body comfort. You don't have to go very far either way in twisting. Right. Use the right. side of the chair to pull you around. They're really easy to do. And then just okay. simple movements where you're stretching up, you know, or standing up with your feet together in mountain pose, Tadasana that they call that in the yoga, the mountain. And you just okay. stretch right up. That's so now, what good. Now, what do you think about just breathing? Taking in oh. deep breaths and sort of getting a rhythm of knowing how your body works when you inhale and you exhale. Absolutely. I mean, I've been working with a client um, who's very stressed this week, and she has difficulty breathing which is yeah. you know, quite, quite sad. And I um, get her to put one hand on where she feels the, the most breath. And so she either puts it on her chest or her stomach and then puts yeah. her other hand where she feels it. And then we just breathe gently together. Mm. And she breathes a lot deeper like that. So you're absolutely right, Jeremy. Very simple breathing techniques. We you're not changing the breath. Just do it. Yeah, we don't do enough of that. Robin, I'm, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I know as the day goes, the stress is increased, just the, the busy life, we don't breathe enough. And I think mm -hmm. that's when all the accumulations of feelings occur. I know that's what happens with me, and uh, it, it can be a challenge. One thing that really helps me deep breathe is singing. Um, just out in my car or off by myself oh. or you know singing you're exhaling and then you've got to yeah. use a lot of your diaphragm mm -hmm. so you're inhaling and holding and you know it's it, to me that just opens up my lungs and i don't do enough of that wait i think here's the perfect opportunity robin so much there i mean i'm i'm a singer uh, and I sing um, in a choir, and we have seen quite a lot of medical research here in Sweden, actually, that says that singing's good for your breathing. It actually can prolong your life and make you well in lots of other ways, particularly if you sing with other people. Right. Oh, totally. There was, uh, Robin, I think we mentioned this on the show, um, and if not, we can bring this on for, for next week, is the benefits of going to concerts. Really? tremendous yeah the the benefits of going to concerts really increases and they actually talked about how it um, decreases the aging process and that people are living longer and I'm a huge concert person I love going to concerts you know whether it's more of a soft classical or I love the old-fashioned you know 70s and 80s rock and roll stuff mm -hmm. and it does mm -hmm. just think about how that sort of music penetrates your system, sort of penetrates your body and how it makes you then react happier. Yeah. I, I am not a concert person, um, but I, I haven't been really going to the right kind of concerts then, I guess, because it's too loud. <laughs> I, maybe I'm just getting older and it's just too loud. <laughs> that is, no, we are, we are going to have to make some plans. Clarissa, I think we're, we're going to have to take Rob, and we're going to do a road trip. <laughs> come Definitely. On, You'll have to come on a road trip and go to concerts. Well, you know, that I'd say to you guys, great. I'm singing in a concert in two weeks' time, but maybe it's a bit far to come for a few hours. Yes, yes. Well, Clarissa, I really thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I look forward to having you back on Body Talk Live. I think that you have so many wonderful things to share with people and to teach people. And I think that's what, you know, we do on this show is that, you know, having people feel that we're right there with them and guiding them through these processes or giving them information is really what we want to do. It's what I want to do is I want to make people feel good inside and I want to give them the power to achieve what they want to achieve. And give, give them good sound of advice as well. Yeah, I thank you so much, Jeremy and Robin. I mean, I love being on your show and I love what you guys are doing. And I hope your listeners gain value from the things that I'm sharing with them. They Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And they, 
They are. All right, my dear. Well, I so appreciate. I know it's late where you are, so please go and get some rest. I look forward to speaking with you, and uh, let's do this again soon. That would be great. Thanks so much, guys. Speak Thank to you, you soon. You're so welcome. Bye. That was great. Awesome. That was really cool. You know, I like the I, I like the uh, concept of uh, low stress yogurt. Yogurt. Listen to me. Yoga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yogurt with your yoga. <laughs> Man, it worked. See, you're so relaxed. Yeah. You're thinking about yogurt and ice cream. It's all healthy. It's all good stuff. It's yeah. all good. No, yeah. it, it, I, I, I think, you know, I have done yoga in the past. For me, it's not a, a productive thing, <clears throat> and that's just for me. But I know tons of people um, that, it is a positive thing for them. Yoga seems to be more of a mental engagement rather than a body engagement, or it's an actual combination of the both. It's actually mm-hmm. body and mind. And mm-hmm. I think that when you can connect the two, it's like, you know, you, when you do your work and you're working with the chickens and you go and you get the eggs, well, number one, the eggs have to come from the chicken. So you have that sort of body-mind connection. You've got the chicken and you got the egg. You know, what came first? And look at this, what, what this chicken did. It developed this amazing egg. Well, and the whole, the whole idea of going out there with the animals, it just brings love in my soul. I just love going out there and seeing them and interacting with them. So, yes, you're right. It's, a, it's not just the physical aspect of it, but, you know, you're doing, I'm doing what I love and uh, just yeah. love being outdoors. So, yeah, that's true. It's more than just a physical thing. So, you know, do what you love. Find a way to do it in a healthy way. And uh, we're going to talk some more about that when we come back. I know you've got more stretches that you're going to share with us. Yeah, let's go through that. Let's talk about the benefits of stretching, but also let's talk about some of the other most important things, um, and that's the length of time that you should go through a stretch. So that's going to be really important and informative when we come back. Yes, and uh, we want to give everybody the website uh, to get a hold of Jeremy is totalfitandrehab.com. You can find all his information on there. And we would love to hear from our listeners. We'd love to hear some questions you would have and just, um, you know, anything topic-wise that you want us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, this is Body Talk Live. We will be right back. everybody this is body talk live with jeremy gateman and robin pop and we have some more information and ideas about stretching and how that has to do with stress relief jeremy yeah hear about this oh this is good stuff you know i am a person that really loves to stretch and i like to engage my clients on that and it doesn't have to be you know, a lot of stretches. I'm not one in my practice to overload my clients in lots of exercises and things to do at home because it gets really confusing. But basic knowledge is really important, and I think that goes a long way with either doing a small amount, a medium sort of amount of of stretches and exercises at home, or someone who wants to incorporate sort of a whole routine. And I think it's important that uh, people know the benefits of how long should I hold a stretch, right? And Mm -hmm. stretching, of course, as we know, is extremely important for stress reduction. It really opens up those muscle fibers, increases circulation, and that's one of the things that really is beneficial in reducing our stress levels is increasing circulation and getting those endorphins going. So let's talk about, are you ready? Let's talk about a basic static stretch, which basically people... The most common that people know are hamstring stretches, the muscle behind the leg, and the Mm -hmm. front big muscle, the quadriceps stretch. And when you go through stretches, you know, everybody goes through different things. You'll go through a different technician and body worker, and they'll go through and say, well, gosh, you know, I think you should do this stretch here and there. 
there's lots of studies, and in the 20 years of experience that I've been doing this, I really don't go beyond 20 to 30 seconds. And in some cases, when I have a new client that I'm working with and they've not been active in a while, I even lessen that to 10 to 15 seconds. And until we get used to, and their bodies get used to, going through the movements, and I get used to going through their bodies and seeing where their resistances are in regards to where that muscle and where the connective tissue is going to stop. Okay. And that's important. Well, and I do have a question about... Yeah, uh, what's that? If you are sitting at a desk a long time. I know I do my stretching in the morning, um, but then during the day, if I have a day where I'm sitting at the desk... um, I'm probably going to agree that you're going to say, yes, get up and stretch some more. <laughs> but yeah. are, there, are there certain stretches that are better to do when you first wake up because you've been sleeping, you've been laying still? Um, what would you start your day with? You know, yeah, there there are. there. There's great stretches. I mean, first of all, you know, the most important thing is to sort of get up and get moving around. Sometimes when people immediately get out of bed, there's, their bodies are still sort of in that sleep mode. There is a different body reaction from when you lay in bed to when you're standing and weight-bearing. And mm-hmm. you want to make sure that there is a small adjustment time, period, that you give your body to sort of adjust to being weight-bearing. Now, if you're still laying in the bed, that's a completely different story. So let's take it. If you're still laying in bed... What are some really good things to do? Well, number one, it's great to sort of bend your knees up and down, both right side and left side. Maybe go through 10 uh, sets of those, or excuse me, repetitions. And then you can sort of wiggle your toes, and you can sort of do the same thing with your arms. You can sort of grip your hands, open and close the, the hands and move the fingers and raise the arms up and down. You could also bend your knees and lift your body into what they call the bridge, which means you're going to depress your feet on the uh, bed, the mattress, and you're going to lift your button back up and you can hold that for a second or two. That's super beneficial. And now let's talk about really quick, Robin, is when you are standing and you're weight-bearing. Again, I'm a huge fan of not immediately going into any specific movement or stretch when you first get up because there is uh, a, a great period of time that you want to take, and that could be just a couple of minutes, five minutes, for mm-hmm. your body to adjust. And you can sort of go through the same thing. You can lift your knees up and down. You can move your hands. And these are just really simple things to do to sort of get the body moving. Okay. I like it. I actually do it. It it Mm -hmm. sort of seems kind of silly for a 44-year-old guy to go through these crazy little things. But for me, uh, it does work. Well, and as we grow older, I think stretching is even more important. It is, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the other important factors that I really educate my clients on, and that is when they do it themselves or they're working with me or they're working with a few different people, one of the things that you want to focus on and that I teach is never bounce back and forth when you're going through a stretch. Okay. You don't, call, you, you don't want to do what they call a blastic movement, and that's bouncing back and forth, specifically with a hamstring stretch. When you take your leg straight up and you bring it towards you and you're stretching the back part of the leg, which is the hamstring muscle, mm-hmm. the more you just keep it there and you just initiate that first engagement of stretch, just when you start to feel those tendons and muscles sort of engage, that's where you want to stop. You never want to go beyond that. More stretch is not necessarily positive in a stretch. Uh, You want to engage your body little by little. And also, the more that you press yourself, the more you have an increased percentage of hurting yourself. And I know specifically really well, I had a family member who called me up and said, hey, listen, I, you know, did this hamstring stretch and I heard something pop. And it turned all black and blue, and he tore part of his hamstring muscles in the back. And I said, you know, did you? Yeah, super painful. And and we sort of went through it, and he had gone a little bit too far with the stretch. And so I engaged him on saying, listen, you know, your body's sensitive, you know, and you want to take things really slowly. Uh, Do things that you can manage 
and go just to a specific point. And then the next time you're going to go and do the stretch, you'll be able to go a little bit further. And I think that's important for people to know is that there's a next time. You know, the next time you go and do a stretch, and I always take my clients in stretches and we do usually the right side twice and we do the left side twice and we alternate. Mm-hmm. So you have another chance to do these stretches. It's mm-hmm. not all at once. So what are some stretches we should do daily? That I like. This is one of my favorite things. There's four stretches that I really like to do myself and I teach my clients. One is what they call cat camel. It's a back stretch. Okay. And basically what that is is it's almost like in yoga, like a cat cow. You're on your hands and knees and you want to force your back up, and then sink it down into your belly. And it's kind of going up and kind of going down as you see like a cat sort of when they're on a defense and they arch their back. Mm -hmm. That's it. And one of the other stretches is a calf stretch, and you can do this in a doorway. So you take one of your feet and you put it in a doorway with your heel on the floor, Mm -hmm. and you sort of lean forward until you start to feel that stretch. And that back muscle, that lower calf muscle, just below your hamstrings, just near your heel, and that's your calf. That's what you want to engage. And, again, these stretches should be, you know, if you're just starting out, just hold it for about 10 seconds. The other stretch is a standing or side-laying quad stretch. So that quad is your front muscle, and you can either do it standing where you grab your foot and you sort of bring your heel behind you towards your butt, or you can lay on your side. And you can do the same thing that way. Sometimes it's more effective doing it that way if the person doesn't have great balance. Same thing. If you want to hold the stretch, you know, and you're new to this, don't overdo it. And the other is the standing one-arm lateral stretch, right? So what you're doing is you're standing straight up, and you take your right arm, and you bring it over to your left side. So you're sort of stretching out that whole rib cage. It's a really super productive stretch. And why I pick these stretches to teach my clients and I do them myself, because these are some stretches that really help and reduce back issues. Ah, okay. Which most people are so affected by these days, right? I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm seeing more people these days, even in their young teens, that are engaged in back discomforts. And not even back discomforts, they actually have diagnosed back problems. Hmm. Early onset arthritis. Well, that so we don't want. Are, yeah, we're gonna you, stretching, and uh, I'm, I do a lot of these already, so that's kind of um, affirming. I'm I'm doing things the right way. Yay! And uh, kind of avoid some of those, <laughs> those back issues. <laughs> so we're gonna go for a break now, and uh, this is Body Talk Live with Jeremy Gateman and Robin Pop. And when we come back. We're going to talk about uh, using hot or cold on those sore muscles. So you stay tuned. We'll be right back. Talk Live. We're so glad you're with us. Jeremy Gateman and Robin Pop, and we have been talking about stretching. And uh, like Jeremy was saying, sometimes you can harm yourself if you stretch too much and you feel it or your back is sore. And uh, I'm really interested in knowing the hot or the cold, Jeremy. Ooh, yeah, the contrast. The contrast is cool. And, you know, let's talk about the benefits. And it can, be done, it can be done two ways. You can do hot and cold contrast, and you can do cold and hot contrast. And what this does is when you do the hot and cold, the hot, as we know, um, or if some of our listeners don't know, when you utilize, say, for example, a heating pad, or you use a moist pack, or you put something in a microwave that increases the heat, and you put it on your neck or your back, 
that all heat increases circulation. So for people that have arthritis, people that have sore muscles, this is a great one-tool way of minimizing inflammation. It's another tool of increasing joint mobility. And the contrast is so great when, when we have someone come into the office, for example, uh, if someone tears their hamstring and they've got tissue issues and the muscle has been torn, contrast is great for people that are in pain because what it does is it increases circulation, you flush out those toxins, and then almost immediately, say you do heat for, say, two to three minutes, mm -hmm. and then you do the same thing with cold. Cold is what they call a vasoconstrictor, which means it closes down the circulation process. It slows it down to where you can sort of control those pain sensors. So in another way of saying, cold decreases inflammation and helps you deal with the discomforts that you're experiencing, whatever it may be. So I love to use this when I have taken a long run. So when I get home, I'll actually jump in the pool. Sounds mm -hmm. a little bit crazy, right? My wife thinks I'm a little bit nuts. But <laughs> I'll come straight into the house with my running clothes on. <laughs> and I'm running right out the door. She's like, oh, there he goes again. And I jump in the pool, and then I go and take a shower. I take a warm shower. So what the cold for me is that it's sort of decreasing that oh, discomfort that I feel, sort of that build of, of muscle and soreness, that works better in my particular situations. So now let's talk about the opposite, right? So for me, I did that. I like the cold first okay. versus doing the heat in the shower first. It just sometimes my body reacts. And again, this is personal preference. There's no right or wrong. You have the heat that you can do first or you can have the cold. And it all comes down to, again, personal preference. There's no right or wrong. There's just two ways of doing things. So I'll what feels better, what would right. feel better for you? Right. I mean, Robin, you know, if, if you hurt yourself on the farm, you've got to find out what works better for you. Of course, depending upon what the injury is, but say you've got, you know, a strained muscle in your forearm. Heat may not make it feel better. It may be cold or it may be the heat. Again, there's no right or wrong. There's just these tools that people can utilize to help themselves. I have so many clients that come to me and say, you know, Jeremy, I can't do the heat. It just doesn't feel good. Well, sometimes heat increases actual heat in the body, right? It increases circulation. Oh, it can okay. actually increase blood pressure. So I can totally understand that. So some people really enjoy the coolness. And then some people come back to me and say, well, gosh, Jeremy, I don't really like the cold because it makes me cold. Okay, well, then, then take some warmth. Don't make it too hot, but take a warm compress. You can throw it in the microwave and just sort of warm it up or turn your heating pad on, on sort of just warm and utilize that. And these are so all productive of, things that you can use. What kind of time periods would you suggest for amounts of heat and cold? For contrast, I really like two minutes each, two minutes heat, two minutes cold. And I really like to do this three times. Okay. So you go back and forth three times, and it's almost uh, as if you are taking a dirty shirt and you're putting it in water with soap and you're taking it out and you're going through it until that spot comes out, right? That's kind of what you're doing with your body is you're going through a process to sort of open and close and hopefully shut down those pain sensors and decrease that inflammation. And it really does work. Cool. cool. And another one that I want to throw in that actually may be really cool for you, and I keep them at home uh, for our young son and, and even for us, is mm -hmm. you take a small Dixie cup, and instead people sometimes don't like ice. But what they do like, and, and this works better than just an ice cube, is I'll take a Dixie cup and I'll fill it with water and I'll put it in the freezer. And we used to use this at my old practice. And we use this as an ice massage. And you can take a towel to capture the running water that's going to come from the ice because mm -hmm. once it touches your skin, it's going to melt. Okay. And this is sometimes a really great tool to utilize 
for either us adults or for our kids to help with injuries and for the people that don't really like ice is an ice massage. It works really, really well, and you don't have to do it for a long time. Okay. Now, does the paper kind of insulate the ice from your skin? It does. And eventually, when the ice melts down, we used to rip the cup around it to expose more ice. Mm-hmm. And people really liked it, and, and it's really cool because it's disposable. You don't have to worry about it. Sometimes it's super functional, and people don't want to lay on ice because right. it's cold or you know time-consuming. This is a really cool way to immediately get cold to the surface of the skin, and it sort of penetrates underneath, and it's easy. It's functional, and I think more people like that because it doesn't take a whole lot of time, and it actually feels pretty good, and it numbs the skin pretty quickly. Okay. Okay, so are you moving the ice around uh, on the You can, muscle? yeah. The best thing to do is to do an ice massage. You can either do, you know, circular motions, counterclockwise, clockwise, or you can sort of just move up and down. I definitely would not hold the ice, the Dixie cup, uh, in one place because you can burn place. your skin. So, yes, thanks for mentioning that. That's absolutely really important. Keep, <laughs> keep your keep hands moving. moving. Keep that cup moving right. <laughs> Keep it moving. Don't worry about it because awesome. it's not going to spill. You can turn it over. Nothing's going to happen. Okay. Cool. Well, when, yeah, really cool. When we go uh, off of the break, we're going to come back with a, um, a, a recipe. Jeremy, Ooh, you've yeah. got a recipe for us that's really enticing um, as far as what it can do for you. Not so much the ingredients, and, but what it can do for you. If and I tried sleeping. this. Yeah, so, I tried it. And you tried it. So it, I want to hear about I that did. when we come it's back cool. from the break. Okay. Yeah. So if, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of us uh, or get a hold of Jeremy for questions, uh, Jeremy, go ahead and give your information for our listeners. Great. Yeah, they can reach me. Cell phone is always the best way that they can reach me, which is 310-994-9477. They can also get to my website, which is totalfitandrehab.com, or they can email me at totalfitandrehab at gmail.com, and that's the best way. I look forward to it, and I think, you know, we can also talk about before we end this show, Robin, maybe you and I can come up with uh, a good deal that we can give our listeners and, uh, and see if we can get them to call on the show and uh, ask some questions. Very good. Okay. When we come back, we'll fill you in. We'll be right back. Talk live with Jeremy Gateman and Robin Pop, and we have been talking about um, putting cold and hot on sore muscles and the benefits of that and how to do that. And and uh, you know, one of those things that uh, a lot of people yeah. who have sore muscles have a hard time sleeping. And I think yeah, you have a, oh boy. a really cool recipe for our our listeners. Here's this. You know, this is really up and coming. This is, I think, really going to make a difference in a lot of people's lives. You know, as soon as they find out from it, and they're going to find out from us today about this tea that they can make, which is super, super easy. And I think everybody in their households, or at least I hope everybody, has bananas. You know, because they're going to go bananas. They're going to go bananas for this. I guarantee go you. <laughs> they're going to do standard. it. This is going to be cool. Yeah. So I made this last week, and it was really kind of fantastic. You know, I had read some stuff about it. One of my clients told me about it, and I thought, oh, my God, really? This is a sleep aid? And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, this is going to be kind of cool. I'm going to try it. So here it is. What you do is you take a pot of water. And there's no specific amount. You can do a cup of water. You can do two cups of water. There's really no gauge on how much water. So that's not the issue. But what you you want to take. Oh, I think we lost Jeremy. 
I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. Uh, what you want to do is you want to take a banana and you cut off each end. Don't unpeel it. Just go ahead and throw it in the boiling water. And I would let it boil and seep for probably a good 20 minutes to a half an hour. Then turn it off. And here's the other thing. There's going to be some particles in the water from your banana. You mm -hmm. don't have to strain this. If you okay. want to, you can strain it. I did not because I wanted the extra banana. I kind of wanted that extra flavor. And I drank it warm, and I did it sort of about a half an hour before I went to bed. And, Robin, it worked. Really? It was wild. It was wild. I sort of felt this sort of increased sort of sensation of being more relaxed. And I didn't, I didn't drink anything else. I usually drink my sleepy time tea mm -hmm. or I'll drink something. I didn't do anything else. There was nothing else a part of my day. It was a normal day. So I knew that this was, a, you know, a, a great test. You know, I didn't overexert myself. It was just sort of a really smooth day because I didn't want my body to overreact to something. And so that's what it could have been, which mm -hmm. it wasn't. And I drank this full cup of tea, and I'll tell you, it was cool. And I think if our, our, our listeners are, are challenged with sleep, you know, they can call us. But here it is. Give this a try. Take a banana, cut off the ends, and boil it in water. And, and the great thing about this is you can put it in the refrigerator. This can be utilized again. It's not going to go bad. I mean, I wouldn't oh. keep it more than probably three, four days. Okay. But you don't have to drink it all at once. Okay. Remember, you keep bananas, and sometimes when your bananas go a little brown, the connection from the banana to the peel breaks. The banana is not going to go bad. Is it better so to fine. have a ripe banana or a green banana? You know, that's a great question. You want to actually not have a green banana. You actually okay. want to have a banana that shows a little bit more brown. Not saying that you want a brown banana, but you want something that's a little bit more on the ripe side because that's going to be able to expose all the nutrients. The nutrients aren't necessarily there. They're not ripe yet with a green banana. Okay. So that's actually really important to know is that you want to have a banana that's a little bit more soft and a little bit more ripe. You're going to get the nutrients and the better effects. Now, this isn't smashed up banana. This is just the whole banana. This is not a smashed up. Yep. This is a whole banana. Go ahead and just cut off each end, each tail end, mm -hmm. and throw it in your water. Call it a day. Boil it down. Go ahead and simmer it and turn it off. And I usually do it. I did it for about 20 minutes to a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And I ladled it into the cup, and it was really great. It was cool. I, I was it. really excited about it. I've got to try it. I was this. really excited. you gotta, you, you got to try it. I actually told my wife about it, who actually has some challenging time sleeping. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I said, you know, stop being like a monkey and drink some tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, she looked and at I think... me and she's like, man, you are crazy. I don't know why I'm married to you, but you're not. <laughs> Well, I think it's important, too, to mention that you're using organic bananas. I am. I am an organic guy. That I know didn't sound that. Right, but so that's we want to make yeah, sure I'm we an organic, that. Yeah, I do use organic fruits and vegetables in our home. So, yes, but that doesn't mean that you have to. So do what's best and most comfortable for you, and that's what's most important. Just do it. I think that's what the most and other important thing is, is just initiate and try it. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I talked about, before we went to the last commercial, well, gosh, what are we going to engage our listeners about? Well, if you remember, you and I spoke about something earlier in the week about a question that we were going to ask our listeners, and that was, what was a that's food item? <laughs> yes. What was a food item your mom cooked that you hated? And I know you have one. I what have was a yours? Susie. Now wait a minute. A are we going to get? Are we going to get into trouble? Is your mom listening? <laughs> this has already been screened, so we're okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> Perfect. We're okay to talk about it. Has anyone heard of Perfection Salad? Perfection Salad. Perfection Salad. No. But she calls this. Now I can't vouch for the truth of that. This was not perfection in my childhood. This was okay. a very stressful situation. We 
mom would would cook pretty good. I mean, mom's a great cook, and she would she would make some good stuff. But this perfection salad, she loved it, and she thought we loved it. Um, but it's just really weird. It was okay. green, jello, it? green jello, green jello, lime, yeah. green jello, and shredded carrots and walnuts and apples. And oh God! All mixed together. And yeah, As we love kid, your mom. <laughs> if she's listening, we love you. <laughs> we love you, mom. But we don't wild, like your salad. <laughs> that's like green eggs and ham. Pretty much, I think I would have preferred green eggs and ham over perfection salad. And well, I didn't even did know what it was like? called, but she, yeah, she told me that's the name of it. And I guess back in the day, uh, Jello was a big deal, and they would put all kinds of stuff in it and eat that's it. That's wild. Yeah, so I would love to hear about what other people in our listening audience have had that didn't go over so well. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my God, that's what crazy. What about you, Jeremy? That's, you know, my dear, I was really, really lucky. My mom was really a great cook, and there really wasn't anything that I can remember that I didn't like. I mean, oh, we really on. had... I'm I'm really trying to think, honestly. Um, boy, I'm going to have to think about this one. You're okay. going to have to give me. Uh, you you're going to have to give me week. a minute on this one. I'm going to give yeah, you a week. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, we're going to. We we can mention this next week because I may have to ask her. But honestly, there wasn't anything. Now with my sister, yes, I could definitely talk about that. You know, if my mom made seafood, you know, like shrimp scampi or some fresh fish. My sister hated it. She didn't like it at all. She didn't like it. Um, but gosh, man, you stumped me on that. I'm really going to have to think. I'm going to ask her. And in fact, I think she's listening today. So, Mom, if you're listening, you're going to have to think really hard, deep into that soul. Was there a dish that I hated that you cooked when we were growing up? So I'm pretty she's sure we're going to hear shortly after we're finished. Yeah, she's got one. And you. also... For our listeners, we're gonna we really to want to what? do it quick. Yes. Do it quick, Jerry. We're, okay, I'm going to do it quick. Got it. We really want to engage you guys. We want you to be a part of this show. Really, you guys make this show. We want you to be a part of it. I thank you so much for really tuning in to Body Talk Live. Robin, you're the best. I love awesome. doing this show with you. Oh, it's and, a pleasure, Jeremy. And, and here we go. We're going to do it next week. So, Everybody, thanks for listening to Body Talk Live. Robin, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Jeremy. And uh, TotalFitAndRehab.com, everybody. Check them out online, too. We'll be back next week. I know I'm wasting all my time Standing that coffee line That we've been sitting around the table Drinking job about the cup. You know what? My lady wants me home. But when I sit down, I can't get up. <laughs>